This episode of the Rock in a Hard Place podcast is brought to you by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE and get 33% off your order. That's tweakedaudio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Rock and a Hard Place podcast. My name is Chris. I am hanging out with you tonight. Uh, I would be flying solo because Paul's not here, but you know what? I sent a Facebook message to my buddy Josh, and he said, yeah, I got time. Let's let's get together. I was just going to tell you, duck down a little bit because you're... Uh, <laughs> you need to get down here? <laughs> yeah, well, Paul... Is this what Paul does all day? Is he like we've done <laughs> He's this? on his knees. He's like down here. That's right. He's on his knees. No, so (laughs) so normally Paul uh, has his phone on like a tripod, and so he's uh, yeah he's he's just kind of weird that way. But anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, joining me is Joshua Clifton. He happens to be the lead singer of a band called Raven Hill that uh, we are raving about all the time. But um bum. Yeah, I haven't heard any puns like that. Yeah, I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you've never heard that one before, huh? No. So it's been a while, buddy. What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, you, I'm first off, I'm pumped to be here. I kind of, I, for about a good 30 seconds, I try to work on a Paul Gibson impression. And, and it just, I think it was more, it'd be offensive to everyone, not even him, just him. So I just, but I was going to go, hey, I'm Paul Gibson, and 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 so uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't even have anything. It's oh, not like man. he does something over and over that I can just say. But it's I'm pumped to be here, and it's big shoes to fill. So, but I've been I've been uh, actually been in Dallas. Okay. Uh, I know earlier you go, well, it'll be eight o'clock Nashville time, but actually, I'm in Dallas. I'm uh, uh, here for the next year, and I've been commuting back to Nashville. About once, uh, once a month, once every two months to do uh, work with Raven Hill and and podcast stuff and and stuff like that. So, so can you talk about what's going on in Dallas, or is that a? It's no, no, it's fine. It's a family matter. My uh, my family's here, and um, and my mom is buying a house. Okay. So I actually, I'm actually at her place right now. She's actually house sitting for. A family member so she can watch our kids wow <laughs> and and i can do this but um <laughs> but i want to i want to move her i help her move into a house since my father passed away uh five years ago and so kind of do that also gave us an opportunity we were about to buy a house in nashville and we decided to uh, um i don't know, take another year of of putting money aside to to kind of do the whole dave ramsey thing okay you know? okay so, so, uh, and, and Ravenhill's in such a weird transition right now, as far as like writing and, and making our next record that, uh, I, I can kind of, I kind of, kind of got a lot of things going with Ravenhill that, that I'm excited about. So. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question is it's been a, a little while since soul came out. And I mean, technically 
Soul was kind of a re-release, you know, cleaned up, some stuff added, yeah. sounding better, uh, and you know the influence of Slow Speak and all those guys in on that album. But it's been a while. So what are we yeah. looking at new wise? Is there a time frame, or is it just kind of a hey, it comes when it comes? Uh, I give myself time frames. Whether we keep those time frames is another thing. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, right now, uh, I mean, like we're toying with the idea of doing a concept record. Uh, we've recorded uh, probably sixteen to seventeen songs. Yeah. In the last two years, um, it's whether or not those songs need to be the ones that are released, how they need to be released. And whether we're we're being our own worst critics right now, and what we want to put out, and what we and how we want to put it, and how much time we all have too. Yeah. So that being said, we're toying with the idea, and don't. Uh, I mean, I'm saying this because I figure everyone that's listening to this is mostly friends, or or uh, and know that things happen. <laughs> but I would like to think that maybe by the end of March, um, we are going to release a two to four song EP. That's the first part of a story of several EPs that might come out. Hopefully the goal this is pretty ambitious. Uh, a new three to four songs come out every two to three months okay. for the next year. So, and maybe it's a three or four part type story. So what's help me understand the, the thought process here, because from yeah. a DJ slash consumer perspective, um, EPs can be a funny thing. They can either be um, a, a really great way for you to get the little bits of music that you have completed out to your fans so that they're less uh, vocal about wanting a new album. But then there's some that can see an EP as a, well, I don't have enough to make a full album, so I'm just going to throw out these tidbits and maybe I'll get to an album, maybe I won't. What's your what's your thought process EP versus LP? Well, um, Raven Hill had two EPs before we ever released Soul. Okay, and the first EP was called "Ladies and Gentlemen, I Present to You," and that was basically me going, "Here we are." I I'm not even, and really, I'm not even sure what we are, but here it is. You know, <laughs> like I mean, uh, not too many people know this, but we put out three songs and an instrumental on that EP. And it was Blood on the Church Floor, an earlier version of Mercy, um, uh, a song called Sweet Vanity, and then a, an instrumental called uh, Monster Eats the Pilot, which was a Lost reference from the TV show Lost. But all that to say, um, at that time, I didn't think anybody would care who Raven Hill is. And, and we kind of did this thing where like, well, I've always wanted to do soul music, so let's just do this. The next record we came out with was Lions, and that had uh, an early version of Wicked Man, um, Young Blood. Uh, I'm not even gonna remember my own songs. The Shakes. Uh, hey, you couldn't identify a song backwards when we had it as a blender, so I can't I still expect think you to... about that every time we, <laughs> you guys do a blender. <laughs> I go, this better not be one of. I was like, thank God we haven't released any other singles because I'm not gonna look like an idiot to That's myself. Right. No one's harder. No one's harder on myself than me in those moments where I'm like, idiot. 
Oh man, but, uh, that's awesome. But uh, but if we ever release another single, I'm just waiting for Paul to just play one of our songs backwards and then go. I don't know who the heck that's that is. That's that that sounds like garbage. It probably sounds like garbage forwards too. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the songs on Lions to me really felt. I was going through a, a, a old blues and Led Zeppelin phase at that time, so all those songs kind of felt right together. I knew those songs probably weren't the most popular or were going to be the most popular, but I had to make that record. Mm. And we made that record in one day live in a studio uh, by a great guy in uh, in Paducah, Kentucky. And so all that to say... Sometimes I don't know how everybody else does it because I think Raven Hill kind of does it the wrong way usually, but I'm okay with that because I think it's our way. But I don't know why other people do it. But for me, whenever I put an EP out, well, if I put anything out, it, there's a reason I put it out that way. Like um, when I put Soul out from start to finish, every track was in a certain order because I wanted it and needed it to be that way. Or I, I say I, but we as a band. Um, and we had a vision for the way it did it. Blood on the Church Floor was the last track because I don't know if you want to listen to anything else after that because it's such a, a rough song. Right. So if it was the title track being a six-minute song, probably wasn't going to work out. Like You'd be like, turn this off. I just need to think about life again. Well, I noticed but, you, haven't, uh, you haven't put that one out there as a single for, uh, for anybody to play, so... Uh, well, it's too long, right? <laughs> hey, hey, if, if, uh, what is it? Sleeping Giant? We can play their Sons of Thunder. That song's well over six minutes long, and like a minute, oh, almost 90 seconds of it is pure intro. Yeah, but uh, we don't have the clout, Sleeping Giant. Has. Yes, this is true. <laughs> now, they, Noah, they, they are. Noah in the in the chat, he makes two comments that I think are applicable. Number one, he sees EPs in the age of Spotify streaming. He thinks they make a lot of sense. But he's asking you now, do you see EPs like a Netflix miniseries more streamlined and focused as opposed to a full album that may be, you know, for lack of a better term, scattered, even though there's a lot of thought that goes into all the songs that go on it? Um. Yes and no. I mean, I, and once again, like, okay, so if we break this next record down, which I was thinking of the day today, how I would market that the best way for people to understand it and get it with doing very, doing being a minimalist like I am, like, how do I do that without being too ambitious to where I can't even, it becomes too big of a thing right. for the general pub, pub, uh, public to take. And not to say they can't take long, big things, but we live in a single culture. So so people want singles and they're fine with it. And if that's the way people want music, that's fine. So I want to try to meet them in the middle. It's like, what if I came out with three EPs which would, or four EPs? And the, and it was like, like Noah's saying in the uh, Netflix vein that it's uh, – the first EP season one and the second EP season two, and you get to binge listen to those three or four songs. If it makes sense now. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I mean, I can, I can see that if all of your EPs, you know, let's say you do four EPs and they all center around the same concept. And so you're continuing to tell the story in, in that way, but I don't know that that would work well. 
if they weren't all kind of tied together. Because eventually what you want is somebody to pick up the fourth one and go, okay, obviously there's a story here that I don't understand. So I need to go get one, two, and three to really be able to tell what's happening. That's what I hope. That's what I hope because I still live. I, I So the struggle for me being kind of the person I am and, and, and my friends, my friends could attest in the sense of like, there are plenty of times where I want to listen to a record from start to finish. And I would hope when so- they bought soul, the, f- the few people that bought soul or have soul, they, they listen from start to finish and go, okay, I kind of see their, the process here of like a storyline. I hope they grab um, chapter one or whatever we call it. Let's just say chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And these are three different EPs. They grab chapter one and go, I can't wait to hear the rest of this story. But they can still grab a song and go, that's a good song. Right. And that's the that's the struggle is like giving the the single culture what they want and still getting to do what I I wanted to. <laughs> and uh, because I gotta at the end of the day, I gotta love Ravenhill still. And it's right. gotta be that, or it won't be Ravenhill anymore. And pretty then I'm just getting me and four other dudes on in, in a studio and making music that we're not passionate about and no one wants that no one needs that we got right. plenty of that yeah no i mean that's that's pop music essentially is yeah is that right there you know i want music that actually you know telling a story is fine it doesn't to me it doesn't have to tell a complete story um yeah but i want it to be something more than just a basic you know, a couple of choruses with a couple of bridges that tie the choruses together and some fast music. You know, there's there's more to a song, in my opinion, than just that. So I, that's what I'm looking for in an album. If I wanted pop music, I'd, I'd go listen to that, but I don't. I want something more. But at the same time, you guys are creative artists. You're going to be fluid with how you do things. And stylistically, you may kind of shift around a little bit, too. So as a fan, I've got to be willing to let you express yourself in your way. But I'm also going to vote on that with my right. dollar. <laughs> with your money. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so it's interesting to me that I, I was thinking today, what's I, I can't I'm Googling it right now because I feel like an idiot. <laughs> but uh, um, cheap, the cheap trick guitarist. Okay. Uh, you know who that is? If you say his name, so I'll go, many, yeah. There's so many people right now that are going, you idiot, yes. you're fake. Uh, Rick Nelson. They're doing uh, what you yeah. what you normally do when you're listening while you're at work. You're oh. screaming at the podcast going, no, yeah. it's this, it's this. Oh, you don't know how many times that's happened. <laughs> I That I wish that I would just call you and go. <laughs> do I want to know how many times you've told me I'm an idiot without actually telling me that? <laughs> I've always called my be- uh, like the people I can get close to enough. <laughs> Listen, you know that it was kind of a, a a stretch for you to ask me on this thing because you know that there's a slight possibility that a band you like, I'm gonna go with that band sucks so well, bad. But th- see, the thing is, I don't I don't invite you on because you're an echo chamber of of my uh, desires and beliefs. I don't I don't believe that we can have any real honest discourse without there being some disagreement, you know, and that's going 
political without like diving into a political conversation. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. We've lost the ability to communicate and the ability to disagree with each other and still like the person that we disagree with. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that 100%. Like there's a lot of, well, I mean, man, I almost feel hesitant to tell the story, but, but I feel like it is valid. But at the same time, I don't want to claim that I got it all figured out. I right. don't. And as, as a person who grew up in the church and grew up in, in kind of a sheltered lifestyle, um, I feel that, um, I, I had a lot of learning to do on the back end as far as social cues and everything. I was always a people person, but gee whiz, like there's some things like that would just scare me. So I just thought that's gotta be bad run or whatever, you know? <laughs> right. But right. now when certain moments happen and I'll sit, try to find some way to say this quickly, a guy contacted me. I sent a friend request for an interview uh, for the young blood podcast. And he contacted me and he said, I, uh, or he accepted my friend request and then he sent me this real long email that basically said, because my, on my about page, the religious views said Christian. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just, I just sent him a friend request and he goes, he basically berated me for like four paragraphs on how Christians are the, uh, are the reason and religion is the reason for many wars and hatred and all this and how I needed him I was probably going to ask him within a few questions whether or not he was a Christian as if that was some litmus test to whether he's worthy in my eyes to have right. a conversation right. and all this stuff to say. And I, and it happened, this was like two o'clock in the morning and I sat there and read this and I go, Oh man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. So I prayed up, man. I prayed and I go, God, I don't think this person necessarily has a problem with me, but some people have mm -hmm. not loved him in the past. Right. And so I sent him a message and I said, Hey man, I don't claim I got it all figured out. I don't have the audacity and, and, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, um, cocky enough to think that like I am without sin. So I'm not casting any stones, man. All I have to do is I know that it's God's job to judge. I'm supposed to love. I actually just messaged you just to ask if you wanted to be on my podcast. <laughs> But but we're here now, yeah. and so uh, and 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 long story short, he 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 basically said, "Hey man, I'm sorry. I I had a moment, and we all have moments of weakness. It wasn't totally. I did not dislike this guy. I did not hate this guy. Mo uh, and I just feel that we need to have those conversations. Yeah. And yeah. and and since then, I've talked to this guy back and forth quite a bit, and I love it, man. Like he's a guy that used to play uh, in the '70s and has some great music. And I can't wait to have him on the podcast. But yeah. but I've learned in the last like two years and maybe in the last five years that we need to have these conversations and we need to be humble in the process. Right. right. I and think that's I the key. Think Christians have been good at that. No, no. I think there's a lot of things that Christians have failed at in the years. And, and I think that we have a lot of historical examples that consistently get thrown in our face and rightly so to a large degree, I think. A lot of us take the attitude of, well, I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. And then we rub everybody else's noses in their imperfections because, well, my sin's been taken care of. And I don't think that's right. what the intent is of it at all. You know, I, I know for a fact that I don't have it all figured out. There's many times where I think I do. Um, but I want to be able to engage in those kinds of conversations with people 
and and at least talk. The sad thing is that a lot of people that I want to have these conversations with resort to short-sighted name-calling and yeah. that kind of stuff. It, it, there is no possibility of having a legit conversation. My sister and I, we sit on opposite aisles of the political spectrum, okay? She is uh, very much more on the liberal slash social justice side of things and she'll make a comment and i will say well this is how i see it and she was almost late to work the other day because we had this long conversation um and you know sometimes they get heated but of course nobody fights like family (laughs) right right um yeah a long time ago my dad my dad taught me uh that I used to run from debating. I just wanted everyone to be happy you right. know, and, and, and everything. And so in saying everything I just said, I do feel like I should say there's a fine line between bold and what you believe in and who you are in Christ and loving people. And that's a weird line to walk. Yeah. You know, it's a weird it, as a Christian, as a musician that I play uh, mostly bars and stuff like that. Like I, there's so many times I just want to t- tell this guy Jesus loves him, and maybe I should sometimes, and I don't because I don't want to. Uh, it, it, it's, God, it's so sad that I almost feel like I have to apologize yeah. for being a Christian sometimes. Well, it's, uh, I've I've told this story a few times I think on this podcast, and I don't know if you've heard it, but when Tim and I'm I, sure I were <laughs> when Tim and I were interviewing Leonore Till from Five Iron Frenzy. Um, she told us that they used to go and play these massive Christian festivals and rake in all kinds of dough. And then they would go and set up in a town, you know, 20 miles, 30 miles away from where those venues were for like the next night, they'd go and play in a bar and they wouldn't put it out to their fan base at all because then that bar would get inundated with all of these teeny boppers wanting to go see them. They'd just go and play yeah. their music and just love on the people that were in that particular bar. And, you know, they may make a little bit of money doing it, but they were, you know, they kind of took it as a as a Robin Hood type thing. If you're willing to pay us 10 grand to come play at your big stadium, great, but we're going to take some of that money and we're going to reinvest it into the community. And we're going to put it down, you know, play these bars and just show people that not all Christians are the way that those folks think that they are. Yeah, um, it's a weird line. I mean, I mean, we have not had the success as Five Iron Frenzy. We've played a couple shows with them and it's awesome to see them play good music. And and you've said this a billion times on this, you know, whenever uh, this is our job. We would right. like this to be our full time job. But right now. Uh, we're only getting part-time hours, um, and I wish we were getting part-time pay. Right. But uh, but all that all that to say, um, I should say that we're play- we're doing overtime. Yeah. We're doing overtime, but we're getting part-time. No, hours. you're working full-time okay. hours, but you're getting less than part-time pay. For sure. Like minimum sure. wage. All that minimum wage does not exist Back in the there. music is. Oh man! Two years ago, two years ago, Raven Hill found the black pen. We'd always been writing in red. <laughs> that, that, we joked we joked around when people joined this band we were like you okay with inquiring one-fifth of debt right because that's what's happening yeah no, exactly um, you must really like rock and roll music because <laughs> you're willing to go your credit score what's it wait 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 a minute you you are telling me that you 
paid out of your pocket to go stand on a stage and play music for other people. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's dumb. <laughs> How does that work? How does that work? You have to have a loving wife. That's like opening a restaurant and never charging anyone for the meal. Yeah. I just love to cook. So here, everybody, come eat. But you've said it before. You know, you don't hire a uh, plumber. We always use plumber. But you don't hire a plumber and and go, well, he didn't, he didn't put in Christian pipes. Right. Or he didn't do this or that. And that's what we want to do. And I'll have to say, I'm not complaining. I'm not trying to complain. But it's an interesting it's it's an interesting life that we lead in the sense of like we want to try to write the best possible music and sometimes and I think Ravenhill's a good uh, testament to that sometimes the songs are about our faith or certain situations sometimes the songs are just what we thought was a good song right and and I don't like the term Christians in a band because even though we are but man I don't. The, I'm a Christian, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a musician. Right. And it's not like those are four different pillars that I can remove one. They're all intertwined and it's nasty. Yeah. And it gets messy. And if you ripped one of those out, I would never be the same. If you took my arm away, I would be different. Like life would be different. Well, it'd be a lot harder for you to kind of like imbibe Joe Cocker as you're up there singing too, because one arm waving's not the same as two. Uh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Not that guitar is just for show. I'm just sitting there. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why I went to the hula, but I did. Oh man, uh, going back to singles. Let's so talk about Ravenhill, though. Let's well, talk about other people. No, let's. I'm, you're here. You're, this is your band. I'm fine with that. But uh, there's a couple questions here that I that I want to hit real quick. Uh, Noah says he likes singles. They work well on radio and playlists, but singles get lost in his music library. I don't go back and listen to them after they stop being new. That's when they need to be on an album so that I remember they exist. Agree or disagree? I, I think the bigger picture, I, when I think back, I mean, songs come on. Like now I'm talking about oldies or the seventies or whatever, or if my, if I'm feeling a little crazy and doing a whole uh, shuffle my my library on my iTunes, but right. but and a song comes on that's great. But usually, I, me and me and six other friends, former members of 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 Ravenhill and my brother, and then the guys from uh, Run Kid Run, like we and a couple other guys, we all do a. A group text and it's called three six five albums and i just started doing it earlier this year and i was like man i'm gonna dedicate to listen to a full record like one record just one that just pops up and then david curtis messaged me and goes uh i like i think i like this idea what you're doing because i posted something on facebook and so i started him and we added a couple other people all i have to say they don't have to have it's just us appreciating records i sit back and i think about how great records and they take me to a place in my past that 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 for some reason has attached itself in that time period and i can go there nostalgia is a crazy and weird thing and i'll never understand it but uh except for i love it and so (laughs) and 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 i hope so 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 one song doesn't normally carry me there one song normally carries me to an album that carries me to a time where i spent 
listening to a lot of that same type of music that I think someone thought out and goes, these belong together. Mm-hmm. And so, and that could be an EP too. That could be an EP too. But, right. but, uh, but for me, it is a group of songs and I agree 100% with Noah. There are very few songs except for when I worked at an oldies radio station and I listened to, because that was, it's kind of funny. That was the single culture also. Right. Like back whenever you had uh, a jukebox and you had two songs, a side A, side B, and 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 that was kind of like what we're at now. It's like a wild freaking West. Well, so. you know, I mean, I go through my uh, my parents both had these. Uh, you know, they grew up in the the fifties and sixties, and so they had these little square boxes uh, that had a bunch yeah. of single forty fives in them. You had an Love A it. side, you had a B side. So growing up, we would always pull those things out, and we're listening to you know, Chubby Checker and the Rondells and, um, yeah. you know, all of these, all of these old, old things. And and so I think that they were very much a, a single culture back then as well. And I think that was a large part to radio DJs. You know, you don't hear full albums being played on the air hardly at all anymore. Um, you know, right. Broken FM, we did our broken record. Uh, but even that, we haven't done a broken record in probably close to a year. And part of that is because it's like pulling teeth now to get labels to send us an album so that we can try and promote the album. We'll be, we'll be your next broken record. I'm down with that. Totally. But it's a, <laughs> we'll it's do a, the EP series. But there, but yeah. But, but that's a, the, the labels. I feel like labels, a lot of times they're they're losing so much control because so many artists are going independent that it's becoming an issue for them. They're really trying to tighten their grip. And I think of I think of Leia when she looks at Tarkin and says, the more you tighten your grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. You know, it's that same idea I feel with, with record labels. That's my lips to God's ears, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. That's right. But I mean, that's the they, the idea is that the harder they try to clamp down on it, the the more restrictive they become. The harder it is for those artists to to be able to be creative, um, and to produce the stuff that they want. It, the label uh, for a lot of these big labels, especially, and I can't speak for Slow Speak because I don't know what they were like. Um, but a lot of these huge labels really push a lot of influence on especially newer bands the older bands that have like five or six albums typically from what i hear they were you know they had a lot more freedom because they were proven as to what they could accomplish um yeah i give me a second <laughs> Just, Got to process yeah well i mean i can say slow speak has been great slow speak they say if it's going to help the record Get into more ears, do it. Um, That's kind of up in the air whether we're with them anymore or not. We haven't decided whether we're going to release this with them or not. So, but all that's, and it's nothing against them. We just, we don't know. It's such a weird time to be putting out music that I don't know. I mean, like, basically, I can, I can save up a little bit of extra money and, and, and play and pay for it all and get a bigger piece of the pie. But I mean, like, I love the support system that Slow Speak was yeah. and is is still, even though we're not technically on their label anymore. Um, but all that to say, I I think the downfall of the record label 